Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I begin, I would like to give a very special shout out to the Patreon members. Tavia S., Victoria Dyer, Tina Mead, Nancy Wallace, Mana Ash, Interscare Wifey, Felicia Scott, Cindy Cleveland, House of Jen, and the rest are here on the screen. Thank you all so much for becoming a part of the new membership. If you would like to join Back to Ashes right here on YouTube and become a member, or if you would like to become a member of Patreon, or if you would like to support a content creator, you can buy me a coffee. All that information is in the description below. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm and enjoy this dose of vocal melatonin entitled Even More True Camping Horror Stories. Right after this introduction, an ad will play. I'll read the first story, another ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. I used to run a Cub Scout pack years ago, and one weekend we were camping at a Scout Association campsite. At about 2 a.m. on the Saturday morning, I was woken by one of the boys screaming. It was really loud, really terrified screaming. I crashed out of my tent, and as I ran to where the boys' tent were, a row of domed tents with four boys each, the screaming stopped. I was looking for a tiger or something dragging a cub scout out and devouring him. Not that we get tigers in southeast London. The screaming had been that terrible. But there was just silence. No other kids had woken up, but I'd been joined by the other two leaders, equally worried and mystified. I couldn't believe that the other boys hadn't woken up or that there wasn't anyone crying, just silence. We still had the same number of boys in the morning. It didn't happen again, and we never did find out who it was or what was up. Side note, just to clear up any confusion, it was definitely a human voice, not an animal, as the boys screamed various words, including mommy, just before going quiet. And there are no bobcats, mountain lions, cougars, bears, or anything scarier than a fox in southeast London. Was camping with my wife sitting around the campfire. Started to pour rain, so we went back inside the tent. Inside the tent, the rain was so heavy we couldn't hear anything over the pitter-patter hitting the tent. We decide to change our clothes and call it a night. We get into our sleeping bags and turn out the light and hear, delete, delete, delete. Again, delete, delete, delete. Like the sound Motorola phones would make when the battery was dying. Only thing was, we don't have phones that make that sound, and our phones are turned off. Miles from anyone, pouring rain. Can't hear if someone is walking up to your tent. Can't tell if someone walked away from your tent. 
We were trapped inside this canvas death trap with only one exit. We froze and waited for what seemed like hours. Eventually, I grabbed my gun and light and made a dash for the door, trying to get out as fast as I could. Once out, I ran around my tent. Nothing. No one. Not a sign of life anywhere. We grabbed our valuables and decided to make the ten-minute trek to our car. We made it safe, drove an hour home, and slept better than we would have if we stayed. The next day, we drove back to get our stuff. When we got to our tent, it didn't look like anything had been messed with. Nothing out of place. Once we got home and unpacked, my wife couldn't find her underwear. None of them. Literally nothing else was missing from our stuff. It was the wildest and creepiest experience of our life. I was camping with some friends on one of their family's land that bordered a national forest. Our tents were just inside the cleared part of the property, facing the house and barn and other out buildings. Behind us was uncleared land that after a distance met the boundary of the national forest. I was sharing a tent with my then boyfriend and a friend of his. I was at the back of the tent next to a mesh window. We had the flaps all open for airflow through the mesh windows because it was warm. I woke up feeling like someone was moving around the campsite. I couldn't hear anyone up and about, but saw movement back in the uncleared land behind the campsite. A completely dark human-shaped figure was leaning out from behind a tree, then slowly moving back behind it. It did this a few times, and I woke my boyfriend up to see if he also saw it. He didn't, but said he saw something run off deeper into the forest. He switched places with me, and we went back to sleep. His friend never woke up. He says what he saw was definitely upright, not a deer or something like that. We were about two miles from a public hiking trail and four miles from a public campground. There were other houses on the same road bordering the forest, but located pretty far apart. Don't know who or what we saw, but it was creepy. Nobody should have been out there. It was definitely on our friend's family land. My friend and I were hiking in Blue Ridge, Georgia. We were just going camping for one day, and the trail was part of the Appalachian Trail near the very start of it. My friend told me a story about one of his friends and said that he heard voices and footsteps at night near Blood Mountain, and he had to night hike because the noises were so intense. So, back to the main story. We found a campsite and set up shop. As it got darker, we got a bad feeling, like something was watching us. Then it started. We saw a pair of red glowing eyes about 100 to 150 feet away from our fire. 
Then, my friend goes to dunk his head in the creek near our tent and claims something pushed him into the water. His shirt was soaked, and he hit his nose on a rock and was bleeding. Then after that, we heard a woman's voice. We couldn't really make out the words. We heard it in front of us, behind us, and to the left of us, over the creek. It could have been a night hiker, but to the left there was no trail, and the night hikers weren't using a flashlight if they were there. We also heard footsteps around us and sticks snapping. We finally just got in the tent and tried to sleep. My friend fell asleep before me, and I heard twigs snapping right next to my head outside of the tent. And that's pretty much it. Very, very creepy. If you decide to go camping in Blue Ridge, just know there's things out there lurking at night. A few winters ago, some friends and I went on a road trip in West Virginia. We decided to camp on top of Hawksville Mountain, even though the shelter there is off limits for overnight campers. They even cemented the fireplace to discourage people from camping there. The night started off well enough, and the stars made for some decent long exposures. Eventually, the wind and cold made us all head back to the shelter and get ready to go to sleep. I don't remember if we were still awake or awoken by the noise. The noise was like nothing I have ever heard before and have a hard time describing it since it's been so long. The best comparison I can think of is Native American throat singing or a didgeridoo mixed with some sort of beat-like drums. It was very rhythmic and very terrifying. If you've ever been to the top of Hawksville, you know there is a semi-large cliff directly in front of the shelter, and behind is all trees. The noise was coming from over the cliff, seemingly in the valley where no hikers would be. And regardless, it was past midnight and pitch black. It's hard to explain, but the noise was terrifying. It was haunting and really chilled your bones. Half the group wanted to leave everything behind and sprint the maybe one mile trail back to the car. The other half didn't want to leave, and I think we were all too scared to move. It lasted for hours. I fell asleep after probably two to three hours of this. Nothing strange happened in the morning, but we were all haunted by it. It is still the scariest thing I have ever experienced camping, and I am extremely suspect of the supernatural, but this changed my mind a bit. Reflecting on it now, it is easy to dismiss the experience, but I remember being truly terrified of whatever was making that noise. I don't think it could have been the wind, as once it started, it never stopped. And as I said, it was rhythmic like a song, like something playing an instrument from another world. Since then, I've gone back to Hawksville once overnight, but nothing happened. I don't know what really happened that night. I'm curious if some others have camped Hawksville 
and experienced a similar event. Some buddies and I went camping by the lake one night. Around 1.30 a.m., we heard some rustling in the bushes and just figured it was a rabbit or something. Went over to check it out, found nothing. Around 1.35 a.m., a huge pickup truck that was lifted and blaring loud music drove by on a dirt road. Really, really slowly, shining a huge police-grade spotlight on me and my friends. The truck burned out and kept driving. So my best friend and I decide to drive up the road and see if we spot anything unusual about the truck. We get to the main road, and there are probably seven or eight cop cars, lights flashing, and two or three ambulances. We stop to turn around and, I swear, like a damn horror movie. A cop pecks on my window with his flashlight out of nowhere. He asks what we're doing. We told him we were camping and told him about the truck. He says, well, you boys might want to camp somewhere else. We had a homicide here and haven't located the suspect. My friend says, so should we be scared? Like a damn idiot. And the cop says, and I quote, well, I'm not scared, but there are 20 officers here and we all have guns. I said yes, sir, and tore off back down to the campsite. Best friend called the rest of our buddies and told them to pack up the gear, not to ask questions, and that we had to get out. We literally threw two fully pitched tents in the back of one of our trucks and got the hell out of there. The cops located the killer about 30 minutes later, right at our campsite. Last year in late summer, two friends and myself went camping in B.C. in a pretty populated campsite. It was supposed to be a super chill evening. We had cooked some food and were sharing a bottle of wine and stayed up late chatting. The time was about 1 a.m. We were probably the only people awake at the site as everything was silent around us. All of a sudden, we hear this thumping running sound towards us, and this feeling of dread sunk into our bones. I have never been more afraid in my life. What was funny was at first we thought it was a man, but it must have been huge as the ground itself shook. It was pitch black and we had lights on around us, so we couldn't see much beyond our area. Whatever it was charged at us at full speed, and we heard a huge crash into the river beside our site. We ran and hid in the car and assumed it was a bear. Even now when we talk about it, we still are not completely sure, as nothing could begin to describe the feeling of terror we each felt just before we heard the footsteps. To this day... It was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. I was a camp counselor in a remote area. 
Former campers and counselors had always told me that the camp was haunted, but I don't really believe in that shit. Anyways, it was the last night of the session, and I had a cabin of 9 to 10 year olds. I woke up in the middle of the night to one of the kids sitting in my bed. I was a little groggy, but I remember him getting up and walking outside. I was like, shit, I've got to go after him and getting back in the cabin. I remember that he opened the door noisily, and that was the last I saw of him. As soon as this happened, I woke up my co-counselor and told him that a kid left the cabin and that I was going after him. I opened the door and it squeaked like a mother. And then I tripped over a bunch of suitcases that were on the stoop. It was the last day of the session, so we always put the kid's suitcase out there so they would get picked up early in the morning and loaded onto the bus home. I searched all around the cabin and in the surrounding area for about five minutes. I then heard my co-counselor calling me in a hoarse whisper, so I ran back to the cabin. He said, I just counted the kids. They're all here. I still don't know what I saw that night. A few years back, I was backpacking with my girlfriend deep in a state park in northeast Pennsylvania. Late one night, I couldn't sleep. The woods are spooky at night. And I saw a floating light. Both me and my girlfriend could see the light through the thin fabric of our tent as it floated up and down, slowly coming closer to us. I thought it was another hiker, a forest ranger. Nope. Silent. I was freaking out. I verified that she could see it too. I yelled. I called out. It was still silent. I was too freaked out to open the zipper. The light approached from a few dozen yards away, traveling in a wave-like path up and down. The light made a circle around our tent, coming as close as about three feet, and left the way it came. The next day at the ranger station, I asked if anyone had reported seeing floating lights, and naturally they said no. The only explanation I could believe was that I had encountered a truly unexplainable phenomenon. I was reluctant to call it a ghost or an alien. I normally don't believe in anything like that, so my mind just couldn't wrap itself around what I had seen. Two years later, my girlfriend and I were hiking a couple dozen miles deep in a different forest in North Pennsylvania, same tent. Late one night, I couldn't sleep, and again, I saw a light through the fabric of my tent. Again, I verified that both I and my girlfriend could see the light. It got closer, floating up and down just like before, when suddenly it landed on the tent. It was a firefly. It was a god firefly the whole time. Sometimes fireflies don't turn off their butts for a while. Sometimes they leave their light on as they fly around, scaring the bejesus out of innocent hikers. I often wondered how many floating light orb stories could be explained that way. 
Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you had a good laugh. It scared the shit out of me, though. I've spent my life in Georgia and love hiking all over, but I must admit, North Carolina has the best mountains. For this reason, I frequently drive up there and hike and camp. This time, I went up with my family in an RV and stayed with them in Maggie Valley. The next day, however, I had them drop me off at about 10 miles away at the Cold Mountain Trailhead, and I planned to hike up, spend the night, and be back down in the morning. I was by no means inexperienced at hiking or camping, but I had never camped alone. On top of that, I didn't bring a pistol, something I won't go without now. On the way up, the trail was surprisingly strenuous, not necessarily steep. I've hiked some steep stuff out west, but more like a ton of ups and downs and feeling like it wouldn't end. Eventually, it began to get darker, and I realized I needed to stop and set up while I still had light. So I stopped about half a mile short of the summit, and figured I would continue in the morning. Nothing eventful happened. I set up camp in a really good spot, ate my food, and went into the tent. At this point, I realized I hadn't run into a single other person my entire way up. This wasn't eerie at the time, but soon would be. I have trouble sleeping and usually lay awake for up to an hour trying to sleep. During this, I thought I heard someone lightly walking around the general area because of the rhythm of the steps. I brushed it off as my mind running wild, but I did pull my big old knife out of my bag and put it next to me in the sleeping bag. That morning... I woke up and ate oatmeal. As I ate, I looked over at my tent and noticed a strange bundle of dried twigs and berries tied with green cord propped against my tent. Internally, I was pissing myself, but I packed my crap up and took off within five minutes. And in no way did I bother going to the summit. I headed straight down. On the way down, I realized there was a pretty heavy fog and I ended up on a side trail that eventually ended, and I was lost. I used a compass to eventually reorient myself and found the trail again, one of the biggest reliefs. I made it out with no other incident. However, come to find out, the same morning, a 27-year-old died on the same section of trail as me, and it's possible I would have run into him had I not gotten lost and rejoined the trail later. His family seems to have scrubbed the internet of several of the articles on him, but I'll see if I can find something. The scariest part was knowing that someone knew where I was and watched me, and I had no clue about them. Also, the circumstances surrounding the guy's death are weird. You can find articles about him. He supposedly fell trying to climb out of a ravine. But was away from his backpack and had called 911, but didn't get to speak to anyone on the line.
I don't know if this was a windy boy or a skinny boy or just a curious animal or what it was, but I had a pretty close encounter with something out in the woods, a park in Colorado. My family was out there with some family friends. They had a camper. We had a big REI tent. It was a biggish site with a couple of large trails that came through to the end of the road, though it's important to note that there weren't any campers in any of the sites within a couple miles of us. We were set up in a little alcove in the bushes on one side and the camper van was parked on the other, so anyone walking those trails would walk between us. We spent the day riding dirt bikes and all headed back to our respective sleeping areas, but I, as usual, had a hard time sleeping. Around 2 a.m., according to my phone, I looked out the slightly see-through mesh of the tent side and saw a single branch or something across the trail for me, illuminated. I spent a long time trying to figure out what it was, and the light never moved. This and the next thing I know for sure happened. The next thing being footsteps. Slow, ponderous footsteps that made the gravel crunch, walking around the perimeter of our tent repeatedly. I figured it was just an inquisitive animal whose favorite spot we had taken, but it grew unnerving as the steps continued. The branch out my little window was still lit up. I started to drift asleep slightly, but was woken when I noticed the steps had stopped and the branch was no longer visible. But something worse was happening. Side note, it's possible I was dreaming by this point, but I was quite lucid, able to move, and the camp's layout was exactly the same. My dreams tend to screw with details and environments. So I find it unlikely. Anyways, the thing that was happening was this. A few feet outside my mesh window, I could just barely see a crouched, motionless figure. Its outline reminded me of one of the heretics from Outlast 2, a nude figure with branches around its head. I couldn't tell which way it was facing, and my night vision hasn't ever been the greatest, but I could still see it. My memory gets quite shaky here, but at some point, the figure was gone, and I was able to see the branch again. It was starting to resemble a crucifix to me, though I'm sure that was pareidolia. I fell asleep. The next morning, all seemed normal. The first thing I did was look around the tent for footsteps, but all there was was gravel and packed dirt, so no luck. Eventually, though, over breakfast, we discussed what everyone else had apparently seen later in the morning, 2 a.m.-ish after I fell asleep, a single person walking from the trail through camp with a flashlight. It wasn't any of us, and any other person would have had to walk miles to get to us. We decided it was just someone who liked to walk ultimately, but it still makes my skin crawl. Anyways, there it is. Any ideas on what that could be?
camping out last fall in the Allegheny National Forest. The missus and I and the two dogs were at a primitive site about 100 yards away from the road. It was very late in the season, so we were literally the only people for miles. Our campsite was set up with two tents, facing each other across the fire pit. We slept in one with the dogs, and the other we used for storage. The second night, like an idiot, I decided to leave the sealed food in the storage tent instead of tying it up or taking it to the car for overnight. I awoke at 2 a.m. to the sound of ripping and crunching. Jerk completely awake, mind racing. I instantly knew that something was in the storage tent, nomming on some tasty dog food or potato chips. I fumbled for a flashlight and slowly unzipped my tent fly, shined the light across the campsite to the other tent. Then I saw a pair of eyes. I was expecting a raccoon. The problem was that the eyes were about two to three feet off the ground. Black bear. Big one. I know, intellectually, that you're supposed to make noise. I know, intellectually, that I'm not in much danger. However, being within feet of a bear, at night, in the pitch black, not being able to see a thing, but oh, the sounds. The ripping, the heavy tread, the snuffling. It's truly, primally terrifying. Higher thought processes went right out the window. I zipped my tent back up, looked down at my wife, and grabbed my log splitter, and stood over her sleeping body in the tent in a defensive position, axe at the ready in case he decided to try and get in the sleeping tent. I stood like that for half an hour in complete darkness, just listening to the breathing and the harumping and the ripping and the eating. A black bear eating potato chips at night is really crunchy and loud. He wandered around the site even snuffling at the outside of our tent. I never woke up the wife, because why subject her to this terror, I thought. Eventually, higher thought processes started to leak through. The car was 50 yards away. Maybe I can run to it. Maybe I should make noise. Maybe it will go away. Wait. What was I just thinking? Car, car, (gasps) the car! My keys were by my sleeping bag, and on those keys, oh, those glorious keys, was the electronic fob. And on that heaven-sent electric fob was the button we all think is useless and annoying if you accidentally press it, that glorious alarm button. I smashed down the button, and the night lit up with honks and flashing lights. Sound and light crashed through the campsite and I heard the bear take off then my wife woke up to see her shaking pale faced husband standing over her with an axe after I calmed her down we got out and inspected the campsite the bear had ripped its way into the storage tent and had eaten potato chips dog food trail mix it had wandered around to our side to the dishwashing area probably attracted to the smell of the dirty dishwasher with meat residue in it. 
still coming down from an adrenaline rush, the wife and I spent the rest of the night sleeping in the car. The bear never came back, and I learned my lesson regarding food at a campsite. And the mother dogs never woke up through the entire god thing. I was good friends with my neighbor and his family when I was a teenager. My neighbor was a youth pastor of a local church. Apparently, someone at the church decided to do a backpacking trip in Yosemite National Park. My neighbor had never been backpacking before, and he knew I was an avid backpacker and hiker, so he basically begged me to go with him. I agree and met his youth group. Jeez, what a bunch of misfits. These kids, ranging from 14 to 17... I was 18 at the time, and they were poorly behaved. Some had very bad attitudes, and one in particular bragged long and loud about how he'd wrestled a bear. We hiked up the mist trail into Little Yosemite Valley, which is on the backside of Half Dome. We spent the day hiking in some really nice territory. I didn't much care for my group. But the 19-year-old, 5-foot female trail guide was friendly, so it wasn't a total loss. The campsite at LYV is backpackers only, so the site is basically a forested area with a few fallen trees which act as markers for the different campsites. It was summer and fair weather, so we didn't bring tents, sleeping out on tarps and sleeping bags. As I was trying to bed down and go to sleep, a couple of the punks in the group thought it was funny to lob small sticks and stones at me. I asked them to stop, but these punks just laughed and kept it up. It sufficiently pissed me off that I vowed to get even. I waited until the chatter died off and the sounds of deep sleep breathing grew around me. The forested campground was pitch black on a new moon night. No campfires allowed and quiet all night. The only differentiation between blackness of surroundings was the velvety purple of the night sky, blazing with millions of stars. I crept out of my sleeping bag and crawled on my hands and knees, carefully brushing the forest floor in front of me, clear of needles and twigs, which there was a lot, so that as I moved, I wouldn't make any sounds. I crawled over to the two punks who threw stones at me and found their hiking boots and tossed their boots off into the bushes, then crawled back into my sleeping bag silently and went to sleep with a grin on my face. Sleep came quickly after that. I snapped awake sometime later, still pitch black inky darkness all around, and everything is completely, totally, eerily silent. I happened to be laying on my side when I awoke, and I awoke completely, no middle groggy ground, just snapped awake from a dead sleep. I could see a narrow sliver of velvet night sky between the trunks of trees, about five to six feet off the ground. Right at that moment, a shadow broke the bottom edge of that sliver of night sky. My breathing froze, and my heartbeat ratcheted up quickly. I lay still, totally awake, 
staring wide awake into the darkness, straining with all my senses, listening. Nothing. Silence. I told myself it must have been an owl gliding through the darkness on silent wings and closed my eyes and slowed my breathing, trying to go back to sleep. I start to drowse off again when all of a sudden, one of the backpacks in the line of backpacks that were set against the fallen marker log of our campsite starts to jingle. Well, the zippers started jingling. I froze again, trying to figure out what the heck would make those zippers jingle as no other backpack zippers were jingling. Right then, our 19-year-old, 5-foot-tall trail guide flicks on her flashlight six inches away from a brown bear's face. The bear had chomped onto the backpack and was doing a full reverse tug, trying to make off with it. But the dead log had snapped limbs and by pulling the bag, it had torn the nylon and hopelessly snagged it. It took a moment to register. There is a bear in camp, six feet to my left. Our trail guide starts yelling at it and hitting it in the face with small stones she scooped up off the forest floor. Yaw, bear, yaw! This woke up the whole camp pretty quick and someone started blowing one of those ultrasonic whistles. The bear gave up and sprinted out of camp, dodging between tents, shaking its head like it had bees in its ears. It didn't come back. Turns out, One of the punks who had been throwing stones at me while I was trying to go to sleep left a bag of trail mix in his backpack. Stupid dumbass. My partner and I are avid hikers. Last July, we went on a trip and decided to camp at the spot we love just west of Shenandoah. It's quiet, off the beaten path, and offers absolutely spectacular views of both Shenandoah and portions of George Washington National Forest to the west. The first day and evening of the trip itself was nice and uneventful, though we didn't sleep super well because of the humidity. The next morning, we decided to go for a hike in a portion of Jefferson Forest we'd never been to before. It's comprised of ATV trails and about a dozen campsites, but has a trail that leads to an old fire tower we'd always wanted to check out. It was about a 45-minute drive from our campsite, mostly on back roads. When we got there, the first thing that stuck out to us was how empty the campsites were. We actually didn't camp there the night before because we'd heard that the site is usually packed and we knew we wouldn't arrive early enough in the weekend to get a spot. There were only two spots taken and one was a desiccated tent and a bunch of garbage. It looked like someone had been there for a while but it was deserted when we arrived. In the other there was a young woman, I'm guessing in her late teens, setting up a small backpacking tent. There was a truck and one other smaller car in the parking area. We parked and started getting our gear together, and the woman approached us to ask if we knew where the trailhead was. I told her that we'd read that it branched off about a 100 yards 
into one of the ATV tracks, but we weren't 100% sure which. Since I was getting such weird vibes from the place, I kind of hoped she'd stick around and go with us to find it, but she just thanked us and took off in the general direction of the trail. We set off and walked up and down a few of the ATV trails until we found the walking path. We saw two ATVs shoot by us at one point, but otherwise didn't encounter anyone else, including the woman from earlier. It took us about an hour to get to the top of the mountain where the fire tower was. It's an old metal structure, and you have to climb a narrow set of stairs to get to the top of it. We got up, looked around, took some pictures, and started heading down. Honestly, the view was kind of a letdown. About halfway down, very suddenly, everything stopped. The birds, the bugs, everything. It was dead silent. And I don't know quite how to put this into words, but it felt like the ancientness of the forest was contorting and crushing us. I felt trapped and cornered in spite of the expanse around us. My partner and I looked at each other and wordlessly started to book it out of there. We started running back to the car, but the feeling only followed us. As we were rounding one of the switchbacks, we heard this unearthly shriek, like a cross between metal on metal and a choir screaming off key, and we saw something. I just got a glimpse of it before we blacked out. I don't know how to describe it other than it looked huge, despite clearly not taking up much physical space, and moved in writhes and flashes. It didn't have a color. It just felt like evil and emptiness. I probably only perceived it for half a second before my memory just completely gave way. When we came to, we were sitting in the car, and two hours had passed. Double the length of time it took us to get up there. I don't know if we lost consciousness or just somehow blocked those hours out. I learned later the exact same thing had happened to my partner. Both of the cars were next to us in the parking lot, and there were still just the two tents at the campsite. The woman wasn't in hers, and it looked exactly the same as she'd left it. I think about her all the time, and have spent a ton of time trying to figure out if someone went missing around the time of our trip. It took a few months for my partner and I to talk about that day. We still love to hike, but honestly haven't been able to in Appalachian forests since this happened. I'm curious if others have had other experiences just like this one. Before I get started, I would like to apologize if my storytelling skills suck. It's just something that has always stuck with me. I have a cousin that lives in a secluded area where everyone owns land. He has something like 600 acres of land where he lets his cattle run free. I went to visit him one summer and he came up with the idea of camping out. He has a little spot where there is a teepee and a clearing underneath a few large trees. 
The walking path goes straight through the clearing down to a little trail, to a pond, then goes back up into some trees. To get to this place, we drove his truck through his pasture and up to a tree line. We had to get out and walk a ways into the trees to get there. Thinking back on it, I can't really remember how far into the tree line his camping site was, but it was a little bit of a walk. So, it's my cousin, his girlfriend, a friend she brought, and myself. We started to drink and had a small campfire going. Someone threw a little too much brush on the fire and it got pretty big, to the point that it lit some of the branches of the trees above on fire. It was kind of scary at the moment, thinking we almost started a huge fire, but it grew and died pretty quickly. Now, later on in the night, we are all drinking and I'm tending to the fire. The girlfriend says out loud that she needs to use the restroom, and I thought that she went down the path near the pond. The fire is starting to die down, and I need to gather some more brush, so I start walking towards the path to the pond. As I am walking down the path, I see a shadow of someone holding a tree branch up seemingly looking back at me. Remembering that the girlfriend had announced that she needed to use the restroom, I assumed it's her, so I call out her name. As soon as I do, the shadow drops the tree branch and I can no longer see it. At that same moment, I hear the girlfriend shout back at me from the campsite. I look back, and from a distance, I could see her coming out of the teepee. I look back at the brush, and I see nothing. I stare for a moment, but there was no movement. Completely shocked and confused, I start to walk back to the camp, heart already racing so fast I thought I might pass out. When I walk up to the camp, I see that all of us are there. I tell them what just happened, and everyone is a little freaked out. My cousin brushes it off saying we're out on his land and there's no way anyone could be out here. We eventually keep drinking, but I cannot forget about it. Much later on, I am getting a little tired and my cousin is looking to fool around with us girls, so we all lay down in the teepee. I am laying next to the friend, just trying to pass out, while I can hear them fooling around. They are talking and whispering, when I hear the running thud of footsteps outside of the tent, as if something is running at the tent, then hear kind of a pop and drag like something hit the tent and drug against it. My cousin leaps up yelling, and now we are all terrified. He is shouting that we need to get out of there right now, and we all left everything and ran to his truck. We drove back to the house, scared shitless, talking about what just happened and what I saw earlier. As we are all talking about it, we all agree that the thud sounded like it had two feet, as you can hear the difference in a deer or horse galloping. They were big thuds, as if it was carrying a lot of weight. My cousin said he was laying near the edge of the teepee when he heard the steps and looked up to see something hit and drag something across the fabric right above him. The fact that he actually was scared is what made it even more frightening to us, as he had lived on that land his whole life and had been to that campsite so many times.
I've been backpacking and camping, mostly solo as an adult, for the majority of my life. I'm cautious about my surroundings, and I listen carefully when I'm out. I try to remain an observer and move through the land with little impact. I'm still very interested in the mysterious and obscure. Cryptids, alternate realities, and the unexplained. I've read most of the missing 411 cases and am a serious devotee of true crime. All of the morbid and curious things I can find. Anything strange that will fire the imagination. There have been occasions where I felt slightly uncomfortable, or watched even, when I've been out in the woods, but mostly I've chalked it up to being alone and alert. Maybe my inherent skepticism makes me less susceptible to encounters which others experience. I look for logical conclusions first. I've never encountered any truly off or deranged people out in the forests, but I do consider that the biggest threat is the human animal. A few years ago, I set out to camp near an old-growth forest in North Georgia. Most old growth here is gone, but there are places that haven't been logged, and if you get the chance to visit one, wherever you may live, I'd suggest it. It's beautiful, serene and alive in a way that's hard to describe. This particular forest was one of hemlock and poplar, and the trees were massive. I have a guidebook that gave directions out into the sticks following little country roads that eventually turned into gravel. After a long drive into a national forest, I parked near the trail, which was unmaintained, meaning it wasn't very popular or highly traveled. I hiked out through the woods to where the trail eventually just kind of stopped. There was very little undergrowth. I spent the afternoon just exploring looking at the trees and enjoying the calm. I eventually made my way down to a creek and crossed over it to an old field that formed a sort of bowl in the land with hills and ridges on all sides. The fact that there was a field means that there had, I guessed, at one point, been people living in that area, but I saw nothing of the sort when I was there and my map showed that I should have been far from any roads or settlements. I set up my tent and made some food. It was late when I decided to have a little smoke and lay out in the field in front of my tent and look at the stars before bed. There was little to no light pollution and I always relished the opportunity to enjoy the sky at times like those. As I was laying there, I began hearing a loud knocking sound from up near the ridge, where I'd been earlier in the day, maybe a thousand yards away. Three knocks and a long pause, followed by three more, and then it repeats. When I say knocks, what I mean is a very loud noise like two logs or trees being hit together. Loud enough to reverberate in the little bowl I was in. Loud enough you could almost feel it. I could pinpoint where the sound was coming from, but it was night in the forest, and anyone who's been out there knows that it's dark. I thought it had to be a person making the noise, because what else would make such a rhythmic sound? 
It was extremely loud and would have taken considerable effort to produce. I've seen no one else at all during the day, and the direction from which the sound came was the section of old growth I'd explored earlier. And that's it. Eventually, the sound stopped, and I went to bed feeling like I'd heard something I wasn't meant to hear. Or, maybe that I'd heard something specifically meant for me and me alone to hear. I packed up and hiked out the next day. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hyper-aware and waiting for something else to happen, but nothing did. I've told friends about this, and they'll either say it was for sure a Sasquatch or that I was for sure close to someone's house that I didn't know about. But why would a person be out in the woods late at night, banging logs together in the dark? It was early spring 2016. I had just turned 24 years old. My friend and I just reached our main spot to camp, Black Canyon Rim Campgrounds, just outside of Payson, Arizona. We'd usually travel out here two or three times each year. It has some incredible views and is only a couple of hours away from the city. For the most part, this area was pretty secluded. A privately owned convenience store rested a few miles away, with a small town 20 miles before that. The entrance was on a dirt road, directly off the highway, with a campground sign at the start of the road, marking local wildlife, any fire hazards, and general news relevant to camping folk. The pathing is most linear, with maybe one fork spanning several miles. We once traveled down the dirt road to see how far it would take us. One of the paths would take you to another highway entrance, with a ranger's tower halfway there. The other path led to a dead end. An abandoned cabin can be found on this path, a few miles in, mostly hidden off in the distance behind some larger foliage. The snow had mostly cleared up at this point, leaving for crisp air a slight chill and fauna becoming active again. We'd usually spot some wild horses, several deer, and tons of little critters whenever we'd come out this way. It really was the perfect time of year for a relaxing trip to get away from the city for a few days. We got in around 4 p.m. on a Tuesday. It was late for us, as we'd usually try to make it out there by noon at latest. This trip was pretty spontaneous. We both had work during the coming weekend and decided to just go for it. The sun was setting fast and we still hadn't picked our spot to camp. There were maybe two other groups, both families, parked somewhat close to the entrance, only a few hundred yards away from the highway. This time around, we just wanted to get away from humans for a while. Customer service jobs will do that to you. We drove down the dirt road, passed our usual spot, and finally picked the perfect area. A small clearing, just hanging off the edge of a hill. The whole valley could be seen from this area, with a beautiful sunset. This would have been our main spot from then on, if the next night's incident never happened, that is. 
We agreed to get a campfire going and would just avoid building a tent this trip. We didn't have much time to do so anyway, and her car wasn't that uncomfortable. I'd sleep in the back seat and she'd take the passenger seat. With the window slightly ajar, we'd have a few blankets for each of us and would fall into that unrivaled slumber. The next day went fairly uneventful. We just decompressed. I had this strange feeling throughout the day, though, like we were being watched. There were crunching of leaves just out of sight every few hours, but I figured it was just the local wildlife doing their thing. My friend didn't notice anything unusual, so I didn't dwell on it. Night came and the feeling still hadn't gone away. My friend must have felt something she didn't vocalize, though. She took some of her sleeping pills. She doesn't usually need to take them on her camping trips. The nature's ambience was enough to put anyone to sleep, I thought. It was nearing 1 a.m. My friend dozed off in the passenger seat while I attempted to wind down in the back. I leaned against the side window behind the passenger seat, legs outstretched, to the car's back door. The window opposite of me was rolled down slightly with a cold breeze flowing in. I had been on my phone, scrolling through Facebook or whatever, when I heard something outside. A few crunches of the fallen leaves, several paces outside the car. I whispered to my friend, Did you hear that? But she was already out. I put my phone down and listened intently for a minute or two. Nothing. It must have been a small animal curious of the camp. I went back to my phone, scrolling through social media. About ten minutes had passed when I heard it again. Crunch. Right outside the door. I lowered the phone. My eyes took a moment to adjust from the light of the phone into the deep dark of the woods. As I turned the phone away from me, the backlight illuminated the window above my feet. To this day, I can't get the image out of my head. Two dirty, scabbed hands held onto the window. The fingers wrapped inside the car. The nails were long, unkept, and dark. Behind the window, a silhouette of a face was pressed up against it. The breath would create condensation every few seconds. All I could make out were the reflections of those empty, black eyes. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. It felt like eternity. The staring contest between me and this... thing. Thoughts were repeating incessantly in my head. Why haven't they run away when they saw I noticed them? What were they planning? Is this the face of death? After probably ten seconds of not doing anything, the hand slowly unclenched the window and receded into the darkness. The condensation on the window dispersed. Another couple seconds passed before I heard the dreaded crunch, 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 melodically fading into the distance. I still just sat there. What in the fuck just happened? Why didn't I do anything? Why am I still not doing anything? With that thought, 
My body shot into adrenaline. I pounded on my friend's seat, waking her up from her slumber into a dizzy confusion. I unlatched and kicked open the back door and took a moment to scan the area. Whoever they were, whatever it was, it was gone. I scrambled to pick up any important camping supplies we left outside and just crammed everything into the back seat and trunk, periodically looking over my shoulder, listening for those footsteps. I slammed the back door shut, and there they were, a grim reminder of the horror that had just happened. Two handprints imprinted on the window. I quickly wiped them off the window in a panic, a reaction to erase the event, I guess. I jumped into the front seat, started the car, and floored it out of there. My friend, finally coming too, asked me what the hell I'm doing. We gotta get the f*** out of here, I said. There's someone out there f***ing with us. I didn't see whatever or whoever it was while fleeing the scene. Speeding down the dirt road, my friend insisted I slow down, and I eventually did. We reached the highway, and I proceeded to drive 20 or so miles before we reached the Denny's, where my friend asked for us to stop at to eat and explain everything. The nightmare subsided a few months later. My embarrassment continues to this day for the state of shock I was in at the time. Everybody says you either have a flight or fight instinct, and I'm confused whether I have either. I mean, I just sat there and did nothing. I frequently tend to ask myself who was out there. Another camper messing with us? A resident of the abandoned cabin down the dirt road? Or maybe something more paranormal residing in the forest? Watching lone, vulnerable campers as they drift off to dreamland. We'd still go camping there in the years ahead, but never too far from the highway. Whatever it was, I hope that was the last I would see it. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these even more true camping horror stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.